Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Tommy, Ocean Chinook or Puget Sound Coho, what is your palate favorite? And you drop yeah. that kokanee on top of that barn door halibut's head, 67 feet of water, and he was not happy about that. Well, I don't know. What do you think? Boxers or briefs? Ooh, I'm going to have to go with a European cut speedo. Fantastic. Excellent choice. I yeah. love tuna. I do love tuna. Heck yeah! <laughs> hey, you know, I have a buddy who refers to Canadian geese as flying carp. Obviously, he's not cooking them. Right? <laughs> he clearly, right? Oh, ocean snook. Seriously? Hands down. Really? Hands down. I don't fish for coho. Ah, good point. Hey, speaking of grind, can you tell the difference between ground deer and ground elk? Honestly, taste the difference. You know, Dwayne, we only get one chance to live this life. Mm-hmm. And you will always regret the things that you don't do. So you know what I tell people? Buy the damn boat. Hey, you know, the facts are some days are just a grind. Welcome to Fish Hunt Northwest, the number one fishing and hunting talk show throughout the Pacific Northwest and beyond. Now here's your host, Dwayne England, and of course, the infamous Tommy Donlan. Hello and welcome to Fish on Northwest, Wayne England, and yes, folks, this is, in fact, Tommy Donlan sitting to my immediate right. Hey, hey, hey how's it going? In studio. Hey, good to have you back, brother. It's good to be back. Had a heck of a week. Yes, we did. Oof, we got some. Uh, that was a good one. Oh, it was a good one. We got some great, great content lined up for you tonight. The week has been extremely busy, and uh, it's not going to stop after tonight. We still got so much to look forward to uh, moving into this summer. So I want to welcome everybody to the show this evening. First time checking us out, go ahead and get online here and uh, you know uh, message us up. Let us know what you're thinking, and uh, we'll try to respond to those as much as we can. If you're joining us here on Root Sports, uh, welcome to the show and uh, sit back and enjoy. Lots of good content to cover this evening. So uh, before we get too far along, I want to remind everybody, go ahead and jump on over to our webpage, www.fishhuntnw.com. There you're going to find a lot of insightful, useful information. And of course, right in the front is a coupon code, FHN20. That is because you can go to the Edge Rods webpage, order up any fishing rod they have that's not already under an additional coupon code or reduced in price. You're going to receive 20% off all Edge Rods all the time via Fish Hunt Northwest as we've teamed up with Edge Rods. So click on the coupon on the webpage, takes you right to Edge Rods. All rods, 20% off all the time. Uh, Tommy, we got a couple of guests in the studio this evening. Yes, indeedy. Uh, yes, we do. Uh, Mark White, president of the Iwaka Tuna Club, and Dustin Green, Vice President, you walk with Tuna Club, and we didn't write the script here. It is truly white and green, and we <laughs> it's not like we uh, went out and you know made this up. So, welcome to the show, gentlemen. Welcome to the studio. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. So uh, we are. We have you here. You guys have an invitational, huge event coming up here in the very near future that we're going to talk about later on the show. And uh, for those who are unaware of what the Iwaka Tuna Club is all about, well, these gentlemen are here this evening just kind of. Fill everybody in, educate them as to what you guys got going on down there because it's a pretty special place. Wouldn't you agree, Tommy? It is very special, and the stakes are high. <laughs> it's yeah. very, very special. high. That's and right. the fact that it is uh, all about tuna makes you a happy man. That's right. Yeah. yeah, so we have a lot of things to cover tonight. I'm glad you guys could make the drive up. How about that dinner? Did we treat you right? Fantastic. Fantastic. I'll be back tomorrow. Oh, you'll yep. be back tomorrow? Amen to that. <laughs> yeah. There won't be any leftovers. It'll all be fresh once again because that's <laughs> the way Shing does it. So, yeah. But, uh, again, welcome to the show. Looking forward to getting into what 
what it is you guys are so involved with down there in Owaco. Lots of great opportunity. The fishing's been pretty phenomenal. Tuna fishing right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. some pretty good numbers. You guys are pretty excited. Tommy just got back from being at the WTC, and we were down there for the weekend help promote. And let me tell you, it, uh, it was a hopping place there at Westport. It was a lot of fun to be involved with that. So before we get too far along, running down the show for today, uh, yes, Mark White, Dustin Green, President, Vice President of Waka Tuna Club. Uh, what it's all about and why are they here? Then we're going to talk to Kathy Clegg, pending Washington State and probable world record tiger trout, a story that you have got to hear. This one blew my mind, Tommy. Can't wait to get her on the Zoom and see what's happening there with that. Uh, openings and closings and some fish counts you should be paying attention to. Some pretty interesting information there. Tommy Donlin, in his own words, a complete recap of how he reached the podium yet again at this year's WTC. Well done, my friend. Well done. Uh, Then we'll get back with Mark and Dustin, the ITC Invitational. Huge payouts. It is the largest uh, Albacore tournament payout on the entire West Coast. You need to hear about this and, and really... Pay attention to what's going on down there. It's exciting stuff. Then we'll close out the show with some bear talk. Tommy, you been up on the bear talk lately? Just a little bit. There's been a few yeah. things happening. Yeah, there is. Got a few folks uh, off guard. We got a uh, jogger attacked by a bear. We had a bear hunter mm-hmm. actually shot. shot. And you know, you and I are pretty passionate about talking about the whole bear debacle That's with right. the commission and where this is going. I think I don't want to you know jump ahead and say we're already seeing some of the. Um, the the, the downhill side of this based on their decision-making process, but albeit it was a bear encounter. Yeah. Not too long ago, we had a nine-year-old girl who was attacked by a cougar. Right. Uh, and we all know how our state's doing with uh, predator management and cougars specifically. Mm-hmm. We've gone over the numbers time and time again, especially in the Blues Mountain Range, the uh, the high impact that cougars and mountain lions <clears throat> are having on our ungulate herds throughout the state is uh, pretty convincing. Yeah, uh, 77% need, taken yes, by predators. We yeah. need to do something. We need to do something about our predator management, and uh, not having a spring bear hunt is one that's still rubbing a lot of folks wrong, including the people sitting in this room. So we're going to jump out for a quick break. When we come back, we got uh, Mark and Dustin here at Waco Tuna Club. We're going to find out all about the club, what they have going on, and why you should pay attention. All that and more when we come back from this break right here at Fish on Northwest. The Finest Marine is the one-stop shop for the Pacific Northwest Angler. Defiance Marine guarantees the best price on a new and best service on a repower for your current boat. Defiance Marine is a Honda premier dealership and one of the largest on the West Coast. Defiance Marine is a boat dealer who proudly sells Defiance, Allied, and Arima boats. All boats are built by West Coast fishermen for West Coast fishermen. Defiance Marine has all your boating needs to help you get out on the water. If you're looking for the best fishing rods in the world, you really do need to take a look at the edge rods. I designed and built new machinery, and I think this new machinery has enabled us to build blanks like no other company could build without this equipment. There is no other rods in the world that are as good as these rods. You owe it to yourself to take a good look at them. Hey, welcome back in studio here, Fish on Northwest, Wayne England, Tommy Donlin, and our guests, Mark White, Dustin Green, and Waco Tuna Club. I guess, gentlemen, first of all, let's just kind of establish some, you know, history on this place. When when was it established, and how was it established? So it started back in 2012 uh, with some core members that were, you know, in the Owaka community trying mm-hmm. to get the tuna fishing 
squared away, lined out, and they saw an opportunity to kind of build an organization that would, you know, kind of promote fishing out of Iwako, the sport of tuna fishing that we all love. Uh, so they started kind of put this group together, uh, developed some bylaws, and uh, uh, I joined in 2014. They were a couple years into it, and it's just kind of seems to jumped exponentially uh, here. We're at 101 members now, right oh, now. Oh, is that right? Yeah, we were at 75. Yeah, we've kind of steadily grown. Yeah. I think we were yeah, right around mid-70s, and we added a few. Yeah, no, so it's been great. We uh, And we've got really good people in our organization, and we have some namesake folks that are mm-hmm. in the organization that a lot of your viewers will know, right, that are, sure. that are out there, right? So, uh, yeah, it's been great. So who, who, how does that work? Who can join it? How do they join? What does the dues look like? Do I have to have a boat to join? What? No, you don't have to have a boat. Um, it's four hundred dollars a year. Uh, you just have to know somebody apply. There's actually an application on our website. You can go into the website, fill that out. Uh, that'll come to our membership committee. They'll review it, um, get back to you. Uh, we're probably kind of at our max right now for a year or so, just to see how hundred members feels. Um, we have a lot of members that you know kind of just come and go a couple of times a year, but mm-hmm. then we have members that use it a lot so we need to kind of see with the 25 or so that we added um, how that kind of works out if they're if they're using the club a lot then it's going to be you know we're probably about our, our max for people right. but yeah our footprint is not huge at the club right yeah so we just mm-hmm. want to make sure that we're still offering to our to all of our club members the yeah i was wondering if you had a cap or you guys just kind of as a board just, just kind of fill that out and just right. kind of see how it's going and which is why we picked 100 we're saying you know let's yeah. try it 75 yeah. was good 80 right um, yeah what would disqualify somebody from being accepted into the club like this guy here would you <laughs> you know <laughs> basically some, anybody affiliated with fish hunt northwest that's okay uh, things all like right that. Yeah, yeah yeah well it makes a lot of sense yeah yeah that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a good reason yeah. so, so kind of run down the tournament really quick you've um you've secured your last two of the 30 teams that are in the ITC tuna tournament. Um, what are the what are the payouts? We want to know. Yeah, so uh, we're paying first through fifth, and this is ballparkish based on the numbers that we have right now. We may take a couple, two, three more teams. Uh, Thirty-five thousand for first place. Uh, I think it's twenty-two think so, yeah. for second. Seventeen-ish uh, for third. Uh, fourth is uh, right around twelve and. Fifth is seventy five hundred. Yeah, that's all on the website too. These yeah. we're trying yeah. to remember it off the top of our head, but it's sure. Sure. based on the amount of entries. Yeah. All the information so is on IwakoTunaClub.com. You can go on there. You can see a lot of our club members or a lot of our club boats. We have about forty boats in the mm-hmm. club that are most of them are mm-hmm. out of uh, the Iwako port. Sure, we'll get into the uh, the finite details on this uh, invitation later on. You know the money it's generated, where it goes, how much you guys help out the community, and all that kind of stuff. Additional events you guys host or put on other than the Invitational there out of the club? So we do partner with Mission Outdoors and we do a veterans crabbing event. Every oh, nice. Fall. Uh, okay. Unfortunately, last year, uh, weather and timing, mm-hmm. we ended up not being able to do it. But we felt horrible about that. Um, we were actually talking with them, uh, Shannon, on the way here uh, this afternoon. And uh, we're planning to get that going again this year. So. Okay. Okay. Uh, and if people want to get involved and they want to take a veteran, how, how does that work? Can they sign up or? Yeah, so basically, I mean, if, like for the Veterans Cabin event, probably the best thing to do would be go to our website and just uh, you, there's a contact us section in there. And you can just send an email about what you're inquiring about. And, uh, yeah, if somebody has a boat, they're in the Iwako Chinook area, Warrington, Hammond. Uh, and, and on the day of the event, you know, we, we bring them back and we cook them all and we send them home with, 
coolers full of crap, right? That's so. beautiful. And not no just kidding. six, but 12, right? In the, yeah, yeah. 12. The limit's 12. Oh, down there. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. River, pretty lucrative. River, so we, we just do it right there in the mouth of Columbia. And, and they're good-sized crab. Oh, yeah. You're not like sort of, it's like, oh, no, it's under less than six. I mean, there's a lot of eight-inch crab down there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we get some nice ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah. heck yeah. Yeah, that event isn't, isn't restricted to club members, so that's... Right, yeah, it's open there. And then, obviously, you know, uh, yeah. they get... They get uh, Mission Outdoors and Fallen Outdoors actually also, uh, they'll put teams together and yeah. then we assign the boats that they're going to go on. So as far as Very a club cool. member, uh, that facility, beautiful facility you got down there. I mean, it just really is. So as a club member, uh, I can I can reserve that, utilize it for various events that I want to host myself as a club member. Yeah, yeah. Wedding we, reception or just, you yeah, know, we, we do birthday yep. parties, yeah. New Year's Eve parties, yeah. uh, whatever you want to do, just coordinate with us. And, and yeah, it's, it's it's been great. And a great group of folks. You have uh, a waiting list. We are building one now because you you know yeah. you had oh 100, 102 people, and you're you know yeah. kind of going to hover there and kind of see how it goes. So yep. I would assume <laughs> people get on the website and want to you know oh can I join this? This looks uh, fantastic, and I'm not too far from there. Uh, but now there's potentially a waiting list, huh? Right, probably so for a year or so just to see yep. where we're at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, it's a beautiful facility. I enjoy being down there and. We'll talk more about the Invitational coming up here shortly, a few weeks down the road. Tommy and I and Jerry and Jordan, we're all going to be down there helping promote this thing and uh, spending some time, so looking forward to that. Jump out for a quick break. When we come back, more with Mark and Dustin later on. We're going to get Kathy Clegg on the phone, Current, uh, currently holding in possession a, oh, do I dare say, 27-pound tiger trout? What's that all about? Stay tuned after this break right here at Fish on Northwest. Allied the new leader in heavy gauge aluminum boats. Allied boats have standard reverse china and lifting rakes to help you plane faster and run at lower RPMs. Allied boats have several models to choose from, ranging from a 19-foot Mustang all the way up to a 32-foot Liberator. So regardless of what type of heavy gauge aluminum boats you are looking for, Allied boats will have it for you. Contact Allied boats today to learn more about these incredible fishing machines. Hi, this is Joe and Megan from Archery World. Uh, we have four store locations. We are at the Lacey location right now. I uh, just want to highlight some of our camping gear. We have uh, Mystery Ranch packs. We have crispy boots. We have six-hour optics. We carry Havilon knives. We carry Garmin products as well. So it's not just archery. We want to try to make this one-stop shopping for you guys. And so if you need it and it puts you in the outdoors, we probably have it. So come down and see us. Welcome back here at Fish Hunt Northwest. We're going to Tommy Donlin here in studio with our guests, uh, Mark White and Dustin Green. Going to take a little pause on the tuna, fellas. Anybody ever caught a tiger trout? Nope. Anyone? Nope. Anyone? Nope. Negatory. This, this next lady has, welcoming to the show, first time, Kathy Clegg. Uh, hi, Kathy. How are you doing? she unmuted? Yep. Kathy, can you hear us? He's not answering. All right. Kathy, can you hear us? Well, unless we get unmuted there, I don't know if that's going to work exactly. So we'll keep trying. See if uh, she can hear us here in a little bit, Jordan. So uh, the gist of this is Kathy and her family have property on Loon Lake. You guys know where Loon Lake is? Mm -hmm. Yeah, east side over there, Spokane area. And... uh, WDFW plants tiger trout into Loon Lake. Now, that's a crossbreed of a, it's kind of a hybrid trout. <clears throat> and 
Uh, she did tell me they, they plant upwards of 5,000 fish in there a year, although um, it's not like you just catch a ton of them. Though at times, she said she's caught them pretty consistently. It's much smaller on average in size. Um, how, big, how big are the ones that they're dumping into the lake? That I don't know. Yeah. I think it's more like it's a, be like it's a, like a planter trout. Yeah, right. You know, right. could be like a 9 to 12 inch trout. They have caught a lot of them in that uh, 10 to 12 pound range that they've eaten over the years. And just, you know, it's, it's good. It's a white meat. It's more of a white meat type trout. Uh, says they're very flavorful. So they fish off their dock mostly. Last year, her son, who's 37 years old, uh, caught a monster tiger trout. And they were like, this thing's pretty big. He was going to throw it back because he's like, oh, you know, let's throw it back so it gets bigger. And then I believe Kathy um, convinced him to go ahead and keep it. Uh And then they got it officially weighed, and it was new state record, world World record, record. uh, tiger trout, 24, I think we got a picture there, Jordan, 24 and some change um, that uh, Kalen actually uh, got certified and set a new state record. they continued to fish off that dock, which is on their property. They got a cabin there on Loon Lake. And just here recently this past week, Kathy ended up catching a tiger trout that was uh, in excess of 27 pounds. Holy cow. It's uh, 27.42. Beating Look her, at that thing. Yeah. Wow. Beating oh her God. own son's state and world record. Oh, that is awesome. What's interesting is Kalen actually netted the fish for his mother. And... Um, you know, assisted her in breaking his state record, right? <laughs> I asked her if uh, if there was any, um, you know, if, if Kalen had an issue with that or not. <laughs> she said no. He's very excited, and they looked at it, and they thought it might be bigger, and then they thought they're going to go through. They had already been through the entire process right. a year earlier. So they went through the whole deal, found a certified scale, uh, called around to a number of places, found a certified scale, got it in, got the measurements, got the girth, got the length and the overall weight. So they are submitting all that information to the WDFW in, in Olympia. And uh, for the most part, it should go on record as a new Washington State record in. Uh, a new world, world record. record. Yeah. Now, what gets me is, like, I, I've never even heard of a tiger trout, right? Like, I spend most of my time on salt like you right. guys, right? Yep. And so you said, oh, yeah, there's this tiger trout and world record, 27 pounds. And I'm thinking, like, I, where do these things exist? How do you even catch these things? Right. And she said... She said, so I asked her, so, you know, how are you gearing up for this? What kind of rod and reel are you using? Is this uh, suspended under a float? Are you fishing off the bottom? And she goes, well, I got a Cabela's pole. It's pretty stiff. And uh, I got a level line reel. And she didn't know the exact pound weight of line she had on the reel. But she says they put pretty heavy line on because there are big fish in the lake, obviously, based on the fact uh, they're catching 10 to 12-pound tiger trout and then her son with a 24 last year. So... Good size hook, a number of night crawlers on there, and just fling it out there. And I said, no weight. She goes, no, no weight. We just kind of let it free drift out there in the water. And then wind blows it around, and she set the rod in the rod holder, went and was doing some stuff, and looked down there like an hour later, and the rod's bucking in the rod holder going crazy. And she was like, oh, my gosh. Went down there, grabbed the rod, (laughs) and the fish starts jumping out of the water. And she called for her son, and then the neighbors were over on the dock, and everybody's watching, and they bring this thing in, and then she's holding it up. And, um, yeah, they realize this thing is probably bigger than last year's, and they're going to get it certified, and they did. And so she is pending a new state and world record tiger trout. Um, So... She said, look, these big ones are not like 
This doesn't happen all the time. Right, 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 right. They might catch one per summer, and they've done this now two years in a row, but they <laughs> typically fish for them and catch, you know, average-sized fish. Now, like anywhere you're trout fishing, Tom, we went over and did the triploids. Yeah, right. Over at Rufus, and we brought home 7- to 13-pound fish, and that was like, this that, is fantastic. That was very special, yeah. yeah. If you're catching tiger trout that are 8 to 10, 12 pounds, right. and they taste good, I mean, it's kind of the same thing if you can yeah. get into them. yeah. I don't know what the limit is. a 27 is. pounder. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, that'd be a nice size Chinook. Oh, yeah. So is that, are we going to make a trip over? Yeah. Uh, to go go fish off of yeah. uh, Kathy's dock at yeah. Little Lake. Kathy, we're coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can we couple that in the fall with a turkey hunt yeah. combo tiger trout? <laughs> Can we go after him? So anyway, that is uh, the gist of the story. Sorry we could not connect with her. We had her on there, but for some reason we, uh, we weren't able to make the audio. So, uh, all right, we're going to jump out for a quick break. We come back couple uh, notes to pay attention to, some fish counts, and some things going on with some deer and elk tags. More of that right here after the break, Fish on Northwest. Contract Security Service provides day-to-day peace of mind as they protect people and property. Here at Phoenix, we provide service for multiple state and federal contracts with services ranging from uniform, patrol, alarm monitoring, canine detection, executive protection, as well as investigative work. Recruiting highly qualified officers is the first step in building a strong team. If you are prior military or law enforcement, go to www.phoenixprotectivecorps.com and apply today. New days, new beginnings, new friends, new loves new dreams, new goals, new scenery, new job. No matter what the next chapter holds, Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate will be there to help you find the new that's right for your lifestyle at any stage of your life. Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate. Expect better. All right, welcome back, Fish on Northwest. Uh, again, apologies, not able to connect audio-wise with uh, Kathy, but uh, congratulations to her, huh, Tommy? Quite a few. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Sta- night- not just a state record, but a world yeah, record. Yeah, and nightcrawlers still catch fish, so remember that. Hey, That's right. a couple of numbers we want to throw out there, Tommy. You know, the sockeye numbers over Bonneville as of this morning, 663,037 fish. Over triple okay. the forecast. The original forecast was 198,700, so we are yeah. at 663,000 yeah. sockeye over Bonneville as that, of today. That's crazy. That that's, is a, that's nuts. Yeah, that is a huge number for yep. sure. Similar trend for Springers, right? The forecast was uh, just under 123,000. That's right. And we ended up with just over 147,000. So it bumped it a little bit. I mean, yep. we're seeing this, uh, you know, summer steelhead fishing's been pretty darn good. Seeing some really great productivity out here in Puget Sound. Tuna is really starting to take off. Ocean conditions, yeah. man, huh? Something ocean conditions said. have been phenomenal. I wish we could do an in-season adjustment for the ocean. That's yeah. what I wish we could do. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. because if they keep coming, we should be able to go after them. That's right. right. So, uh, Also, hey, if you're not aware, in Washington State anyway, um, there are some remaining surplus uh, multi-season tags for elk and deer. A little different this year. WDFW is going to be sending out emails to everybody that's submitted for a multi-season tag, either elk or deer, um, and uh, there's still a list in running order. So they will take from the last tag issued and the names on that list, they're gonna actually send out emails. Did you guys hear about this? They're gonna send out emails and you have 10 days to respond to the email. Now what's interesting is they did not exactly put out there the date or time other than mid-August. They're gonna send out the emails 
to those who are in line for a multi-season elk tag, multi-season deer tag. Tommy, there's 125 surplus elk multi-season tags still. Sign me up. Uh I'm going to have to have my wife help me out with monitoring the email, though. (laughs) Well, you got 10 days. Yeah. Check your spam folder. Check, you know... Check your email right, right. daily. We're we're going to be on mid-August here after this weekend. So check your spam folder. Check your email daily. If you get emails from WDFW, you're probably pretty safe. That should populate mm-hmm. in your uh, email. Uh, Twenty, just over twenty four hundred deer multi-season tags. Yeah, that's not the one that's the problem to get though. No, the elk the one, one that the, the elk, yeah. which is only one hundred twenty five surplus tags, yep. is the hard one to get. And yep. traditionally, it's been one of those things where you better know somebody at Fred Meyer. And they better know how to get the tag. Uh-huh. And you got to be waiting there in your tent and sleeping bag. Yep. So when they open the doors, you can slide right in yeah. and say, you know, hey, Bob, remember me? Yeah, here's some elk from <laughs> last me, year. Yeah, I need you tag. to get me this multi-season right. tag. Yeah, so now you got a little leeway in that you can uh, just kind of sit home and camp. Right. And wait for your email to, to, to show up there. And if it does... You got ten days to respond to that thing. So I, I like the Black Friday style competition. It's yeah, you do. Yeah. You like to knock people over in the doorways. No, like. no, no. Uh, no, no by no. the way, for those that missed it, August fifth, Area Nine closed for Chinook. They um, they closed it due to fourteen uh, days of fishing that that hit into the quota. So Area Nine yep. is closed for Chinook. Area, still open for Coho though. Still open for Coho Hatchery yep. Coho Area Ten right next to it. Hatchery Chinook still remains open, and of course, Hatchery and Wild Coho in Area 10, so know where mm-hmm. you're at. All right, that's going to do it for us, first half of the show. If you're tuning in on Root Sports, uh, hopefully you enjoyed that. If you're streaming live as we get through the second half of the show, continue to hang on after the break. Second half of the show coming up right after this. Sergeant Daniel Moulter began his tour of duty on October 21st, 1996, and ended his tour on June 27th, 2020. On the authority of Constable Carlos D. Lopez of the Travis County Constable's Office, Precinct 5, badge number 504 is officially retired, and Sergeant Dale Moulter is 1042. Godspeed, Sergeant Moulter. Honoring fallen law officers of 2021. The 2022 end of watch ride begins in May from Spokane, Washington. The ride across the country to honor the men and women of law enforcement who paid the ultimate sacrifice in their service to our communities will cover more than 23,000 miles. We ride to ensure that no fallen officer or their family is ever forgotten. EOW relies on sponsors and donations to cover this cost. Please consider donating to help support the families and departments of the fallen officers. You can donate by visiting our website at www.endofwatchride.com forward slash donate. Please support the blue. All right, welcome back to the show, Fish Show Northwest. Uh, Dwayne England, Tommy Donlin, and our guests, Mark White, Dustin Green, Awaka Tuna Club. Gents, before we get back to the Awaka Tuna Club, we got to do a little recap with this man right here in the WTC. Uh, for those of you following us on social media, you probably already know a little bit of the story. But Tommy, kind of give us a rundown, break it down for us how you went into this week in the you know the fewest words possible, and what you kind of <laughs> kept running into, but somehow you managed to just continue to you know forge ahead with your team. Yeah, I mean, we were faced with challenges right out of the gate, um, having electrical issues that I was chasing on my bow, which is a Defiance two ninety, yep, uh, Guadalupe, and. Um, you know, kind of came down to the root cause analysis saying it's the wiring harness, right? 
and uh, we we all know how difficult it is to get parts uh, in this day and age with uh, you know the surplus supply and demand problems we've been having. And so, um, you know, about a week and a half before the tournament, I could kind of see the writing on the wall. Kind of knew that it wasn't going to come home, uh, and I wouldn't be able to run my boat for the tournament. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well. You know, I need to run a defiance boat. Where am I going to find another defiance boat? So I re- start reaching out to buddies, and I call Pete Cole, and I say, "Hey, Pete, you got a 270. Yeah. Are you interested in running the tournament? You know, and he's fished the Washington Tuna Classic before, and he kind of knows the program. And um, he's like, "Ah, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can get off work. I'm like, work, man. The tuna, <laughs> the tuna are here. <laughs> the tuna yeah. are here. Yeah. And it's not like last year. Yeah. Um, it's way better. And so he kind of thought about it a little bit, and uh, finally, he said, Yes, let's, let's do go. Do, let's go do it. Okay. Right? Yeah. So he comes. He comes down to uh, Westport, brings his boat down, put it in the water, get ready for pre-fish day, which is Friday, right? Yep. And uh, push off the dock, start to make our way to the bait receiver, and quickly find out that the starboard motor is not coming out of gear. It is stuck and forward. And let me tell you what, at uh, you know at four forty-five, five o'clock in the morning, when you are getting ready to hit the bait dock to pick up bait, and you realize you're not stopping, that can be pretty exciting. That could be a little bit, uh, really uh, yeah. Everybody on guard. So we did. This couple, is Friday. This is Friday. This yep. is pre-fishing Friday. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And so we did a couple loop-de-loops, killed that engine, made it, uh, made it to the dock, and then uh, one of one of the guys on our team um, or on the pre-fish team, Shannon Ashmore, was an absolute MacGyver. <laughs> I didn't even know it at the time. I just met him that morning, and he dives right into the motor, and he starts tearing it apart and um, kind of starts diagnosing it. And then pretty soon he's, you know, kind of located in the general area. You know, you know, here's where the shift linkage is. Here's the motor. You know, it's fly-by-wire. Um, here's the motor that receives the signal, and here's how it transmits it to the linkage. He's got it all figured out, and he starts <laughs> talking about, yeah, well, if we get an 80-pound piece of Spectre, you know, maybe we can rig it and we can shift it ourselves. And I'm thinking... <laughs> We're not going offshore like this, right? <laughs> Shifting so, a motor with some yeah, spectra. Yeah. Mm. And so yeah. So we, we pull the boat, yank the boat. Long story short, spent all day trying to get this motor to work. The the brushes were shot. Shannon runs back to his house in Tacoma, basically takes apart a Dremel, pulls the brushes out of that. I'm not kidding you. Fabs them because they're not the right size. Sure. So he sizes them, puts them back into this motor, operates it, proves that it works, and then comes back to Westport to, to, put it, to put it in the motor. Puts it in, and it doesn't work. What the uh, heck? And so now we've got like what time some is sort this of like, now? now it's like, and now it's like 4.30, 5 o'clock, and now we've got some sort of sensor issue. Well, lo and behold, he is also the owner of a 270 Defiance. So he goes, guys, I'm tired, but I, I mean, I can go back and get my boat, and we're like, yeah, we don't have any other choice. You need, go, get, go get your Defiance. By the way, um, defiances are, are hugely popular. Everybody should own one. So <laughs> yeah. you can, you can I agree with that. Yes. Stephen Clark or Mark Ashley defiance, they can hook you up. There you go. And uh, just then, you know, <laughs> Shannon had left. He's going back to go grab his 270. And um, this complete stranger to me walks walks up kind of through the neighborhood. And um, we're kind of like in residential Grayland. You know, we got the boat on the trailer. Yeah. And uh, he goes, hey, guys, what's up? You know, and he knew he knew one of the people that was, was with us. And I go, oh, nothing, you know. Oh, did you fix the boat? No, no, but he's going back to get another one. Huh, okay. You want to fish my boat? And at that, mo- that moment in time, like, you got a complete stranger. You go, oh, you want to fish my boat, right? And you're <laughs> thinking, like, who, who <laughs> is this guy? <laughs> yeah. What does he have? What's right? going is on? It, is, it a, is it, yeah, is it a StarCraft? Is it a Lund? You know, are we going out on a Taiyi? And, and I'm just like, oh, no, please no, please no. Uh-huh. And, I'm, and I, so I was like, i got to ask the question. I'm like, well, what, what boat do you have? Oh, well, I've got a 28-foot Allied Liberator, right? yes, which is the full walk-around aluminum pilot house Absolutely. made by Allied Boats. And mm-hmm. I'm like, we're in. 
We are in. Let's go. Did you know Defiance and, Marine also sells uh, uh, allies, Tommy? They do. Yes, yeah, they do. Fact, yes, can, they you do. Get a hold of Stephen Clark. And um, and so I'm like, we're in. I'm like, okay, it's not a Defiance, but it's the, it's like the the brother to the Defiance, right? It's the next yes, best it thing. Yes, it is. Yep. And I, I I love the walk around design. So I'm yeah, like, you do. I'm like, okay. Don't know you, but you're cool. Let's go. Right? <laughs> and by the but way, this gentleman's cool. name is Jeremy Gibson, and, yep. and a lot of you probably know him that hang out down in Westport. Sure. And so we go over to his house, and he's got this you know, immaculate setup, boats inside the shop, and uh, we start ripping the salmon gear off, throwing the tuna gear on. We get the ice in it and put it in the slip, right? Now we're ready to go. And uh, you know, at, at uh, 4.45 in the morning, uh, we're pushing off the dock with this guy that I'd met, you know, 13 hours earlier or 12 hours earlier mm-hmm. to go get bait and go fish the tournament. Right? You had to drop Mary off your team because you got to yeah, make room. Unfortunately, yeah. so I did not drop Mary. Let's right. be really clear about this because Mark Coleman's probably watching this. Uh, I said, I am not choosing the person that has mm, to drop off the team. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. You guys can decide that, right? Oh, yeah. And so, you know, Mary and, Mary and Jerry, the Aries, yeah. if you will, uh-huh. they had a little discussion because mm. Jerry hadn't left from, uh, you know, from home yet in, in, um, oh, in South Prairie. And okay. so, so they talked it over and they agreed like, hey, Jerry's going to fish this thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, Mary bet out and Jerry came down. Yeah. And uh, we went out, grabbed some bait, three scoops of bait. And in Westport, I don't know if you guys are still serving five-pound scoops in, in Iwaka, but in Westport, they, they consider a scoop 10 pounds now, right? Yeah, so good. they're like, boom, 10 pounds a piece. There's 30 pounds of bait, and, and we're off to the races, right? Go around the corner, wait for the shotgun start. And the shotgun start was a little interesting this year. Um, instead of counting down and sending the flare, they just said, well, let her rip. And it was like, oh, we need to go now, right? Oh, nice. And so it's like, you know, throttle down, boom. And, you know, luckily, um, Jeremy's uh, 28 Allied is is well-powered, 500 horsepower, right? And before we know it, we're doing 50, oh. uh, you know, down the bar to the corner, right? Hitting that south jetty and heading southwest. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, we, you know, I had kind of looked at, here's the thing. The fishing was pretty consistent, pretty good. And then the day before the tournament, the day that we couldn't make it out, it died off. Like, you know, t- guys were getting, you know, two per boat, five per boat, seven per boat. It was like, it just died completely. And so I'm just like, well, there's no, we don't have any good reports to work off of. Let's look at, let's look at sat fish and let's look at rip charts and let's find out where that warm water is and let's mm-hmm. see where that chlorophyll is lined up, right? And so I did my best to figure out where can I find a good temp break that's a sharp temp break that lines up with good water color and is right on top of a canyon. Mm-hmm. So I picked a spot on the chart. And uh, we headed off to that spot about 45 nautical miles. We get there, put lines in, and I kid you not, 10 minutes in, we had five tuna laying on the deck. On just the like that. On the troll. On the troll. On the troll converted to bait. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, it's in a tournament, no matter what tournament you're in, your first trepidation is, like, step number one, I got to get five fish. Yep. I got to get five yep. fish, right? Absolutely. Step number one. A lot of teams didn't, Right. A lot of oh, teams yeah. were kind yeah. of spread out. They were scratching, the scratching, scratching. 22 teams. Yeah, 22 teams. The stakes of this tournament were also higher this year. So mm-hmm. 10,000 for first, mm-hmm. uh, 5,000 for second, and uh, 2,500 for third. And so, you know, getting those five fish on board was like a huge relief. And then it was like, okay, well, let's, let's rinse, repeat that again, right? And so, you know, the morning bite was definitely the best. Like those fish were chewing in the morning. And so we'd get a couple on bait, get a couple on jigs. And then go back on the troll. Troll, one troll fish, one bait fish, two on jigs, right? Huh. And we kind of repeated that. And then the So period, not a real consistent pattern that you could just keep repeating. Like find them and do this. 
you know, it was like one little postage stamp zone we were pushing through mm-hmm. to get these fish. But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like the the tuna bait stop that you dream of where, mm-hmm. you know, you hook two on the troll, you bring them up, throw bait, and they're boiling at the corner of the boat, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like that. Um, it was definitely a pick bite. And um, and then all of it started to slow down. So 15 minutes between the first bite and the second bite became 45 minutes between the second bite and the third bite. And then it became an hour, right? Mm. And instead of getting like, you know, one on a jig and one on a bait, it was like one on a jig, you get two fish per stop, right? And then as the day went on, it just came to a screeching halt. So oh. it got slower and slower and slower. Um, and we were working some pretty, you know, some greener water too, kind of inward, like some of the bigger fish might be, um, but they really were not in there. And so, you know, I looked at the fish and I could kind of tell like, oh, you know, these are, these are really small fish. Like I'm in my mind. Cause you know, average albacore tuna weighs, I don't know, 17, 18 pounds. And, you know, in order to win these tournaments, you got to have an average over 25 tip typically, typically. And so I'm thinking, man, okay. Um, we didn't, we're not finding the big fish. We kind of moved around, didn't find anything better. And I'm thinking, well, okay, we'll see how, we'll see how everybody else did. I'm thinking, okay, we're at best. We're in the middle of the pack kind of that's, that was what's going through my mind as we kind of wound down the last, you know, 15 minutes of fishing. Mm. Um, we called it, came in, um, weighed our fish and, and you know, it, it always gets me and it always like, it always gets my heart racing when I get back to the dock. Cause everybody wants to tell you what everybody else caught. Right, right. Right? Yeah. Yep. I don't know if that's probably how you guys oh, yeah. feel too, oh, yeah. right? You're like, I don't want to hear it. We're, we're and busy here. Yeah. And, and then the first thing I hear out of some, somebody's mouth, um, it is, Oh, well, if you, if you've got a 20 pound fish, like you, you could have big fish. I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> like we've got a 21 pounder. I'm like, okay. Oh my God. A heart starts going. I'm like, don't talk to me. I hate. And then when every, every team that I pass, all my buddies are like, what'd you get? What'd you get? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. They're like, oh, whatever, Tommy, you know exactly what you got, right? And I just don't like to talk about it. Anyway, we get to we get to the award ceremony. And by the way, this is the most phenomenal WTC I've ever been to, yep. uh, emceed by Fly Navarro, led by Shannon Hansen and Ryan Elwell. They did an amazing and job. We, you know, we get to the part where they are announcing the winners and I'm thinking, I wonder, I wonder who won it this year. Cause I didn't really hear like anybody get sizable fish. I'm just like, I'm curious at this point. I'm like, yeah, we didn't, we probably didn't win. And then all of a sudden they announced the weight of third place. And I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. (laughs) We got third place on a boat that none of us has ever fished on except for Jeremy Uh because it's his boat with a team that has (laughs) never fished together except for Jerry and I, and we put together a third place finish yeah. on the spot well with done. like 12 hours notice. Yeah. It was phenomenal. Hats off to yeah. you to, you know, doing the intel the evening before, getting out your charts, understanding what your best options are with mm-hmm. no solid reports from day one. It got a little lumpy out there. Boats were coming back in. As you said, three fish, no fish, five fish. Yeah. Uh, nothing solid for you to go on. You just, you put a plan together the night before and you went for it. Yeah. And it that's worked. That's exactly what happened. That's yeah. why I tell people, uh, you are hands down one of the top, Tuna fisherman in the state of Washington. I will argue that with anybody. So thank you, sir. Well done, buddy. I mean, just everything you just spoke of, and to find yourself on the podium once again. Yep. I mean, I was pulling for first place, of course. You know, I was too. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. The, uh, I got it last year, so you know, you got to yeah, let somebody else get it. Right. The musical so. boats didn't help, right? Yeah. I mean, that was yeah. uh, that was a. Gosh, most guys would have begged it. Yeah. Most guys would have said, we're out. We're, yeah. we're not doing this. So. But yeah. by the way, I think Jeff Jeff Wilson asked, um, how do you like that Allied, that Liberator? And it was a phenomenal ride. Like, I I couldn't believe it. 
how smooth it was. I mean, it was sloppy, right? Mm-hmm. We had some five at seven with the wind wave on top. And it was, uh, you know, it was not like your optimal conditions for running wide open to get to the spot to fish for a tournament. And that thing just split the water. So, yeah. Yeah. Glad has, you got on. That's my boat. I can't give up my my 290 um, <laughs> quite yet, but I did love not that boat. Not quite yet. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well done, buddy. Uh, way to represent, way to uh, way to overcome, way to uh, find your way on the podium once again. All right. Going to jump out for a quick break. These gentlemen have been waiting patiently. Going to get back in conversation with uh, Mark White, Dustin Green. Uh, what is going on with this Silwaco Tuna Club Invitational? you got to hear all about this and the big payouts right here when we come back from this break. Fish on Northwest. A Northwest favorite for almost 40 years, Arima boats are manufactured with pride in Bremerton, Washington. All Arima boats are built without any structural wood materials. That is why Arima boats are backed with a lifetime warranty. Arima can offer every boat with Honda outboard packages so that you can take advantage of the reliability and five-year top-to-prop warranty from your Honda outboard. Call or stop by Arima boats today and let them help you get into your very next boat. All righty, welcome back to the show. Uh, we are here, Fish on Northwest, and our in-studio guest, Mark White, Dustin Green, Iwako Tuna Club. You boys have the Invitational coming up. Now, this is a one-day event, September 3rd. Yep. It's the largest payout on the West Coast for an albacore tournament. And 30 boats, you filled all 30 slots, is that yeah, right? Yeah, right when we got here, we got the As 30. we were prepping for the show this evening. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Yep. So tell us a little bit about the creation of this thing when it all started. Uh, it was, well, we, we held a derby in 2000. It was supposed to be a Halbacore derby. Uh, 2020. Weather, yeah. yeah, 2020. Uh, weather didn't cooperate. We were supposed to do Halbacore one day, tune to the next day. Oh. Um, it was mainly just a club tournament. We had a few other boats, but it was mainly just the club thing that we threw together. Uh, didn't work out. Ended up fishing in the river, which was kind of fun. With all the big boats fishing in the river, buoy ten. Yeah, <laughs> I think the buoy ten boats didn't uh, like it. They didn't like it. Like, what is I think going I was on down here? there, yeah. and all them big boats come marching yeah. on up the Janelle, river. I was like, yeah. "What Janelle is going on?" Yeah, <laughs> forty-five, fifty-foot boats. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it started with that, and then last year uh, we threw. That was the uh, the first time with the Invitational. Um, we kind of ran it similar to the other tournaments, uh, Calcutta pots, things like that. How many um, boats last year? We had a little over 30 sign up. Yeah, I think we had a 34 sign up and like 27 fished okay. on, a, on a small craft advisory day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it was mm-hmm. rough. It was pretty rough out there. Yeah. Yep, yep. So. And then, uh, yeah, you go on. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so last year it went really well. Uh, got a lot of great feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from that, we just kind of put the feelers out at, at the end of that tournament that night going, hey, what do you guys think of? You know, maybe a five thousand dollar buy-in next year. Every, you're in them for everything. All pots, all side pots, the whole deal. Everything. Yeah. You're in it. If you if you get a boat in, you're in. Up six people on the boat, or fish it by yourself. Don't care. Five thousand a boat. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> most of the feedback was, yeah, let's do it. Do it. Yeah. And uh, and I think we had. I think we just added up here just a little bit ago. We have nineteen of the boats that signed up last year are in it this are year. We're back. Yeah. Right on. So we must have done something right to get them yeah. the boats back in. Yeah. yeah, that's a good call. So, you know, there's a lot that goes into picking the day of the tournament, especially for a tuna tournament. Um, Especially at the Columbia River. Especially with the Columbia River. So walk us through that decision process, and why did you pick September 3rd? Uh, First thing is looking at tides. We look at that first. Um, 
find a, a weekend where we don't have a big exchange, um, and then try and plan it around the other tournaments as well. Uh, so that's why we, we kind of moved it out. Usually, Owaka was the the kickoff of the first summer one, tournament. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We were always the first one, end of July. And there was quite a few years where fish weren't caught until two or three days before the tournament. The week of the tournament right. was like the first sport boats were finally getting fish out of Owaka. Right. So we wanted to push it out a little bit, and really the next decent set of tides was that Labor Day weekend. Yeah, we, you know, one thing we look at is small exchange. We want a flood in the morning when everybody goes out and a flood in the late afternoon mm -hmm. when everybody's coming back so you're not battling. Uh, you know, when we did uh, the previous tournaments out of Iwako, my scariest boat rides were always on Derby Day, mm. coming back across <laughs> a bad bar. Go figure, yeah. right? You run yeah. 45 miles all uh -huh. the way back and you get to Clear River Bar and you got three more miles of hell to go through mm -hmm. and you're like, you can't relax until you get to buoy 11. Sure. Right, so. right. right. Yeah. So did, was bait and the quality of bait, was that a consideration? Because you guys you guys have a little bit of an issue early on with the runoff, right, that comes down the river. We still have an issue. Yep. Yeah. We still don't have, we have live herring, uh, but we're actually running tomorrow, and there's no live bait oh. tomorrow. So. Huh. Yeah, should be a lot better condition, though, here in about three weeks, right. less runoff. Yeah. 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 Good, good, good call. Um, so... Look, the tuna fishing right now is pretty good. You guys were telling me a report the last couple of days. You guys are just out 30-plus tuna. Um, <clears throat> catch numbers that seem to be pretty high. Yeah. Um, even by then, first weekend of September, fishing could be really good. These boats, 30 boats out there in the tournament, maybe 32. Who knows where you guys are going to cap it. But that's a lot of boats coming in for weigh-in. That's a lot of tuna coming in. Where's all that tuna going to go? What do you guys do with all that fish? So... So we changed how the OTC, you know, and the WTC take take fish in. Uh, one of the things that we kind of, and we were going to go that route, right? Yeah. So, but when we got into looking and starting to talk to the food banks in the community, that's not necessarily what they needed. What they needed was money. They needed, mm -hmm. they needed milk. They needed diapers. They needed to help people pay their power bill, fix a window, whatever. And, and, and to be honest with you, that was probably the best thing we ever heard yes. because the logistics of handling that many fish, uh, there's a lot to it. And, and kudos to WTC and OTC for doing that and handling that because it's a lot. There's mm -hmm. a lot going on mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Um, and, and, and to do it right and to make sure that all those hundreds of fish are being properly taken care of. So in this scenario, people bring in their five heaviest fish, they get them weighed, and you get them back. Our goal is to get the the cash out of the deal. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, there's the payouts that we're doing, large payouts. Yeah. Uh, so majority of the money, like 74, 75 percent uh, of the money coming in is going right back out as cash cash payouts. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have our costs that are incurred just to put on an event like this to, to you know, everything that goes along with it. Uh, and then any remaining money after that, we give into the community. Mm. Uh, and we've got a couple of different programs we're looking at doing. Uh, this year, there's, uh, um, and I, I should have looked it up before I got here, but uh, one of our club members found out that there's a, a, a group down there in that area that's on the peninsula. Uh, yep, yeah, on the on the Pacific County, that is helping people that are having, you know, roof starts leaking, uh, windows starts leaking, and and so they're coming in, and it's all donation based. So that's going to be probably our number one thing we're going to get to. Yeah. Uh, but we give to several things uh, several charities to the in the community down there talk about the rules a little bit are you guys is it is it igfa rules or do you allow guys to go out and jack pole tuna 
we we took Jack Pole out of it, uh, and it was a hard decision. Yes, it was. We, we, we love <laughs> love Jack Pole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we wanted to make it a more even playing field because the guys that really know the live bait know how to Jack Pole. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you can put a lot of fish on the deck in a short amount of time, and not always does the math work out. Uh, where the more fish you put on, the better chance you'll have of getting right. five right. bigger fish. Right. But it certainly doesn't hurt. Right, right. Right? So uh, we just said, you know what? Uh, it's rod and reel show. And you can do hand lines. That, that's not a problem. Uh, but we did take uh, take jack poles out of the equation for this one. Yep. Oh, well, uh, you guys put on a heck of a heck of an event down there. Um, you know, and doing good things for the community as well. Money disbursement going out. Not all of it goes back into the pockets of those participating. So anytime you can... You know, put together a, a large event like this, pulling a lot of money. People are putting out a lot of money to be involved with this thing and get some of that money back in the community where it's needed. Uh, I like to hear the fact that you guys are, you know, sourcing out where what, what's the best resolve for this. Let's just not give it to any, right. you know, right. yep. any, I don't know, uh, corporation or group that comes and says, hey, we do this kind of a thing, right? You guys right. are like doing your own research and really, really drilling mm-hmm. down on something need in the community, which is important. Right. Yep. So, yeah, we want to be an added benefit to the community. Absolutely. There, you know, so. yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, we cannot wait to get down there. We're going to be down there for the uh, the weekend, Tommy. It's going to be so hard for me to be there <laughs> and not and fish, not fish, fish the tournament. This is yeah, killing me. Well, I'm rethinking my decision now. Oh, are you? Okay. Well, we got a couple weeks to think about it. So uh, we'll be down there. Enjoying. You know, we could but, we could do thirty one boats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we right. could. We could. <laughs> I don't so. think we got an outlet or or a. Uh, or what defiance. Yeah. Right. be the only 21-foot outlight out there with a single motor. <laughs> <laughs> so what the heck. Uh, all right, really good stuff, guys. I appreciate you uh, willing to take the time to come up here and kind of talk about what goes on at the Waco Tuna Club and uh, this event in particular and things that you have going on down there. Just really good stuff. We're excited to yeah, be part you. of it. Yeah, it's going to be good. So we'll jump out for a quick break. We come back, we got a little bear talk, and we got a handful of questions on here, Tommy, that we need to answer uh, guys are asking about, you know, the boat that you were on. Uh, a couple questions here on edge fishing rods, which we are more than happy to answer, and just a few more before we get on out of here. So don't go anywhere. Jump out for a couple minute break. We'll be back right here in Studio Fish on Northwest. All Defiance boats are built without any structural wood materials. That is why all boats are backed with a lifetime warranty. All Defiance boats come standard with large fish boxes that are fully insulated so that you can ice your fish properly all day. All Defiance boats are foam flotation filled and unsinkable for the ultimate in safety while fishing offshore. Before you buy any boat, stop by or call Defiance boats today to ensure you are getting the very best glass boat your money can buy. Cutbacks in funding and fewer law enforcement resources are affecting our businesses and communities. If your business is feeling the effects, Phoenix Protective may be the solution you are looking for. They offer security solutions customized to meet your needs. From remote video monitoring in their 24-hour control center to a proactive, experienced security professional on site, Phoenix Protective has over 20 years experience in ensuring the safety of their customers. Team members are highly trained and proactive, giving them the ability to adjust to the changing needs of their customers. Customers choose to work with Phoenix Protective because they provide the next level in security support to industries such as schools, hospitals, transit, and utilities. For a security assessment to see how Phoenix Protective can help you and your business, 
visit their website at www.phoenixprotectivecore.com and select contact. All right, welcome back, Fish on Northwest. As we wrap up the show, a little, little bear talk, Tommy. Mm-hmm. A couple things going on relative to bears. Now, it's actually bear season. I mean, guys are out hunting bears. It is, yes, it uh, is. Because we are far past spring. The spring debacle is behind us. That's in the rear view. We are uh, actually uh, getting out after some bear hunting. The bears seem to be hunting as well. Yeah, they are. Huh? We had a jogger who was attacked, um, and we talked about this. We talked about reduction in opportunity, reduction in uh, bears taken at certain times of the year. Is there going to be any impact? Are we going to see perhaps a higher mm-hmm. encounter, human-to-bear encounter rate? Now, I'm not talking hunter-to-bear encounter rate. I'm talking those who enjoy hiking in the woods or running trails or mountain biking or what have you. Right. This jogger uh, was, in fact... Uh, attacked by a black bear. Now, the bear was reportedly removed by wildlife officers, uh, lethally removed. Isn't it interesting how we can go and go ahead and you know, kill them now after they've done something wrong? After they wrong, committed a crime. Uh, after yeah. they committed a crime. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The man suffered multiple injuries to his hands and feet and was treated and released from a local hospital. The bear was tracked down uh, by one of the agency's bear dogs. Yeah. Another anomaly there because yeah. <laughs> we are not allowed to hunt predators, i.e. Uh, bears and cats with trees, or trees, with dogs any longer. Right, right. But when we have a problematic cat or bear. Break out the dogs. Break out the dogs mm-hmm. and the houndsmen, go track that critter down and kill it. It just, right. to me, it just, it really grinds my gears that this is how the system works. Yeah. Now, I mean, you know, hopefully the gentleman uh, or person is okay um, with minor injuries to hands and feet, probably trying to protect uh, themselves as they were being, you know, mauled by a bear. Well, and you got to wonder too. Like, so you've got a you've got a lack of hunting, right? And so the bear the bear really has, you know, less to fear, right? They're not being hunted. Mm-hmm. They're getting more comfortable being around populated places. Yep. And then you have this, you know, this incident here where um, the person was just jogging along, and the bear's like, "Oh, look, that's like that's that looks kind of like a deer to me." <laughs> Uh, yeah, and a very weak tasty. one at that. Running, <laughs> running and, through the and, woods, right? Yeah, right. But and, doesn't run through the woods. Uh, well, and you just kind of mentioned, though, too, it's like we are driving persons into bear population. Our urban sprawl continues. Mm-hmm. We talk about habitat, you know, uh, reclaiming habitat and all this. Look, we're not slowing down on development, sprawl, the whole deal. The more land that we consume and put pavement on... <laughs> We uh, tend to push those animals into smaller condensed areas, but we still want to go out and recreate in the woods. We still want right. to go out on the trails. We still want to hike and, 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 and camp out in the wilderness and whatnot. Problem is, in some regards, some of those populations are getting a higher population density, and then now we're in their environment. We're in their world. Right. So, right. Well, and in this case, you know, the, the jogger didn't really – there's nothing that individual could have done, right, to avoid it. Like, no. They probably didn't even see the bear, right? But they do, they do publish some – um, some interesting tips, if you will, for avoiding. If you encounter a bear, uh, if you encounter a bear, Copy right? That. Yeah. Um, and so you know, they say, okay, well, in general, you know, bears like to avoid people, which I, I don't know if that's the case anymore um, with a lack of a hunting season. But you know, if a bear walks towards you, they want you to identify yourself as a human. Hey, I'm Mark White. Mark White here, Bear. Mark White. In a I low do voice. Do not yell at the bear. In a low voice. Low tone. Uh, what What I find interesting in the published recommendations is I don't see anything about a Glock 20 in here, and I don't see a whole lot about, oh, no, it does say, yes, carry bear spray, right? That's mm-hmm. readily accessible. Mm-hmm. But And know how to use yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, right, right. And know how to know use it. Know which direction to point it. Know which pin to pull. 
Yeah, I think uh, I think would be bear spray users. There's a high percentage of those that end up actually getting yeah, hit by the. They, they spray yeah. into the wind, and the pepper spray goes in their face. Or they, they spray before the bear is close enough to, just, to hit. The bear stops. So like, what are you doing? And, yeah. Oh, I like yeah. I like pepper Stop on that. my yeah. like pepper on my yeah. meat, right? Yeah. A little Cajun right. flavor, yeah. right? So, um, yeah, it's it tells you everything to do, much like uh, in, encountering a, a mountain lion. Raise mm-hmm. your coat over your head, big profile, low voice, that type of thing. I think animals still, some will turn. True, black bears historically will take off and run. You scare them as much as they yeah. will scare you. Well, you know, the only way to do this is to really test this theory. So we're going to grab Jordan and we're going to... <laughs> Go find a bear? No bear spray, no, no Glock. Put him out there and see how he fares in the woods. So... We, uh, we know where we landed with this whole spring bear hunt. We know recently, as, as, as soon as last month, where the commission landed once again, moving forward uh, to redirect and rewrite policy as it pertains to spring bear hunt opportunity, pretty much told WDFW, do not come to us in the fall with a season recommendation because we will not have agreement on policy. So they're doing everything they can through Dragon uh, paperwork right. uh, down the red tape trail and just shut it down for the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, that 150 to 200 bears taken annually in the spring bear hunt will not have an impact. Bear populations will continue to be robust, as been stated by Director Suswin. And um, that we're, we're going to have more encounters. It, it's going to happen. It's just going to, we're going to continue to let the, uh, the predators, uh, the mountain lions and the bears, we have bears Walking around and mountain lions walking mm-hmm. around the road right out here, Summer Lake. Mm-hmm. It's happened this year a couple times, uh, cats and bears. So Yeah, Richie Herod ran into a mountain lion here. He was driving down the road and saw the mountain lion off the side of the road. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. On top of a deer. Yep. Yep. On top of a deer. Yeah. So um, it's interesting. Uh, a friend of mine, he was out bear hunting the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other day they were out. They saw nine bear. Yeah, we, we, have yeah. a, we have a population concern, right? <laughs> yeah. Saw nine bear. Three, Tommy. In one clear cut. Yeah. Three. That's uh, crazy. There's one. There's one. Oh, there's another, right? Yeah. It's like they're doing just fine. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. They're doing just fine. So, something to think about. Um, also, though, when we do have opportunity to be out in the woods and we are hunting bears this time of year, as we are, because this is not the spring, um, we have to be cognizant <laughs> of other hunters. We need to be wearing our hunter orange. We need to pay attention. Don't just shoot because you see movement in the brush. Anybody that's still. Yeah. You know, reacts that way. You shouldn't even have a firearm in your hands. Okay, mm-hmm. if you can't mm-hmm. identify what it is you're going to send downrange at a given target, if you cannot identify that target. I mean, you are responsible for sending that lead downrange. That's right. And a yep. hunter was shot uh, over in Walla Walla County. The sheriff's department is looking for this individual who shot and basically ran, abandoned the scene, mm-hmm. left the person, didn't probably even know what they shot. Right. Didn't, uh, or I mean, who knows, right? But this hunter was shot, uh, life-threatening injuries, was uh, able to get help, and mm. was uh, many people came to uh, uh, his or her aid and got them out of the woods into a hospital where they're recovering, uh, hopefully. Um, so they're still looking for this person. Walla Walla Sheriff's Department had put it out there on their Facebook page. If you have any information over that side of the, that side of the state in the Walla Walla area, have anybody who's kind of made mention of something going on that doesn't sound right, make sure you contact the Walla Walla State, Walla Walla County Sheriff's Department via email or their business line and let them know what you're hearing because they need to, they need to find this person. Mm-hmm. To me, based on some other things I read, it sounded like the description was of a younger person. Could be, still no excuse, right? right. You're carrying a firearm, 
you're responsible for that right. firearm. So we yep. need to be careful out there. Um, other than that, got a few questions on here, Tommy. Um, one, any of the rivers going to have an incredible amount of silvers this year? <laughs> I think so. I think, yeah, I think based you on what I'm I would say absolutely. Yeah. I think you could uh, name a river, and chances are it's probably going to be stuffed plumb full of coho. The coho fishing out of Owaco, absolutely stupid. Yep. Out of Westport, absolutely good. stupid. Yep. Yep. Um, last year this time, took the Allied out, went out to Westport. The coho fishing was so dumb, like four or five miles offshore, dropping in. Before I had the second rod in oh, the water, yeah. first rod's going off, right? Nothing, yep. No new news to you guys. Yep. Um, what still kind of grinds my gears is that I had to go through 40 fish to get my eight. Yep. Yeah. Right? Yep. I had to go through 40 fish to get my eight, running <clears throat> running uh, ace high flies and hoochies with small blades on them, Tommy, and just, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Somebody said you could put a cat turd out there, you're going to catch them. Or, mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. Herzog says, I run that tennis shoe lure. Gets coho all the time, right? <laughs> so um, the fact is they're aggressive. They're, they're high in the water column. You're going to get them. Um, it just blows my mind that we got to continue to f- go through so many to get our hatchery fish. Mm-hmm. Um, so my point is, it was that crazy last year. It's that good this year with a preseason forecast of 200,000 more coming to the Westport area than last year. And last year out here, our coastal rivers were just absolutely stuffed full of coho. Yeah. And this year it's going to be ridiculously yep. good. We have lucrative limits in the fall, <laughs> especially in some of our rivers in October, which Tommy, Jordan, and I are taking full advantage of. <laughs> Like anytime you can keep two fish, man, you got to get out there and get on yep. it, right? So, um, yes, the river's going to have a lot of coho. Tommy, any insight or anything you need to say about uh, edge rods? We had a question about the uh, durability of these edge rods. Yeah, hell yeah. I mean, you know, you got to know, the, the one thing I will say, and it's it's by design, is you have to know which rod you're, you're getting, right? And I've got um, two slow pitch rods in the truck right now mm-hmm. that are going to be deployed uh, out of Westport. And slow pitch rods, slow pitch jigging rods, right? Um, which is kind of for this area, I would say it's new to this area, not new to the world, um, and not new to some parts of the United States. But the rod is only meant to fling the jig and impart action on the jig. It is not meant to have backbone and to lift that fish, right? Mm. And so most of the lifting on a slow pitch jigging rod is done with the reel, okay, and the drag. So you have to kind of keep in mind. Like which rod are you buying, um, and why are you buying it? What and how does it function? Right, you can't just buy any old rod and, and try to jack pull that fish over the rail and into the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, but durability, hell yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, good point. I uh, you know salmon troll rods, lead rods I'll be using out buoy ten to three sixty ten and a half or nine foot twos. 1065s. I mean, phenomenal rods. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, right. if you're downrigger fishing, the 360 Pro is the rod you want. Oh, yeah. Okay, 100%. absolutely. Mm-hmm. You can bend them things like a mm-hmm. boomerang. I mean, just yeah. absolutely put the torque to them. So, all right, uh, gentlemen, uh, thank you so much for you coming up. Thanks for having us. Yeah, really appreciate yeah. it. Good yeah, to have we're you not guys. just down the street, so it took a little effort for you to get here, but we <laughs> yeah. really appreciate you joining us in the studio, so hopefully it's worth your time. Uh, looking forward to getting down there. Spend yeah, some time with you guys here a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Be a good time. Yep, uh, we will talk about it more, remind folks of the event coming up, and uh, we will be down there streaming live, weigh in, the event, the awards, the whole deal, similar to WTC, but uh, yeah, like to bring you guys that content, live and relevant when it's going down, to show you what you're missing. Why not? So, all right, it's going to do it for us this here, uh, this week here on Fish on Northwest. Uh, get out through the weekend, enjoy the weather, go out and get some fish. Fishing's going to be good, weather looks fantastic, and you owe it to yourself to participate. Have a great week. We'll see you here next Thursday, 6 p.m. Hey, thanks for joining us here on the Fish on Northwest weekly podcast. I want to remind everyone that you can catch our weekly live stream show 
on our Facebook page and of course our YouTube channel every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. West Coast time. You'll get our insightful in-studio interviews, our extremely detailed how-to segments in the bait lab, the infield segments we bring to you when we're on the water or in the woods, and of course, our amazing cooking recipes in the kitchen with co-host Sherry England and chef Jeff Maxfield. Give us a follow on our Facebook page at Fish Hunt Northwest. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fish Hunt NW. Find us on Twitter and Instagram, and finally, go to our webpage at www.fishhuntnw.com for all the latest and greatest info. Join us each week here on our podcast. Join us each week at our live production. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.